name is Nancy Farrow, also known as Mama Lou, and I'm the founder of Epic Experience. Epic Experience mission is to empower adult cancer survivors and thrivers to live beyond cancer. I hope that as you listen to Campfires of Hope, Living Beyond Cancer, you find hope, healing, and empowerment. Through stories and education, we aim to guide those impacted by cancer, and more importantly, offer love and support to anyone out there who needs it. This is Beyond Cancer. Hello, everyone. This is Gail, a.k.a. Sunshine. Today, we have Nils Paulson joining us around the campfire. Welcome, Nils. Hey, good to be here with you. Well, first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, where you're from, and please include one fun fact. Yeah, thanks so much for having me here. So my name is Nils Paulson. I'm from San Francisco originally, and I live in the North Bay area. I'm a father, I'm an author, and an educator, and uh, now also a healthcare worker. I've spent most of the last several years teaching high school and engaging in grassroots community organizing, uh, especially around local resilience projects. And I'm currently serving as a medical assistant in a naturopathic practice that actually helped me during my my healing journey, which was really special. Oh, uh, wow. Also work- yeah. Um, I'm also working on a number of self-expression projects, including a few books. And one of those books is entitled Cancer Dancer, which is ah. a memoir. Yeah, a memoir of my cancer experience, including like the tools and tactics I found helpful in my, my journey. So I love to I write. love it. Yeah. Um, I love being a dad. My daughter Satya just turned 11. I love to play basketball and practice parkour. And um, And one fun fact about me is that I've run for U.S. Congress twice. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't win, um, but I've that's been amazing. Yeah, for sure, um, you I've, are I've the been... first potential Congress person that I have talked to. So that is very cool. Yeah, it was something. I mean, I'll, I I may do it again someday. I've been kind of grappling with, um, you know, being a change agent my entire life, and just kind of working with this awareness that our political and economic systems are not optimized for serving our people and planet, and kind of wanting to advance the movement for social and racial and environmental and economic justice and just sort of finding where my, my foothold in that is. So right now it's all just about kind of creating some foundational stability in my life. That's, I think that's where the whole cancer experience led me really to. Very cool. Well, because I am also an author, I have to ask what your book was about the one that you've already written. Oh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, uh, what, I mean, what, what I've, what I've written has not been a book so far. I've I've done a lot of, yeah, I've done a lot of, you know, writing of like articles and I, I, I blogged a lot too during awesome. my, my cancer experience. Um, but now there, there are book projects that are bursting through and there's a, a parenting book, Wild Parenting, there's a, a cancer book, Cancer Dancer, and then kind of working on a, a more all-encompassing life memoir, which is Go Back and Fetch It. So those are my like my main projects right now. Wow. And you already have titles. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, well, best wishes to you on the writing journey. I love it. Oh, thank you. Uh, how about you? You're an author too. I, I am an author. Yes, I've I've written mainly books for kids, um, children's books. But 
that is another story. So well, let's let's it. going with cancer dancer. Tell us briefly about your cancer experience. Uh, when were you diagnosed? What was your diagnosis? Uh, and what was your treatment? And when did you stop? Sure, I was diagnosed in January 2021 with testicular cancer, and just like in in brief, I had uh, a partial orchiectomy or a left orchiectomy. And uh, that summer, so a few months later, had a recurrence in one of my lymph nodes in my abdomen mm. um, near my aorta. So it had kind of like, you know, invaded my my central space, which was pretty terrifying. Yeah. And that summer I went through three rounds of BEP chemo. And since then, it's just been a lot of gradual recovery, building on my strength. Um, there were some uh, irregularities in my scans after chemo, and I had to kind of continue with uh, holistic self-treatment. Um, and, and just this last May, so it was 2023, uh, achieved my no evidence of disease, and uh, I've been kind of celebrating that ever since. Yes, congratulations. So you've talked a little bit about uh, naturopathic remedies and even writing about that. Did you do that all through treatment? So as you were doing chemo, you were kind of doing your own supplemental, I guess. Yeah, totally. And I mean, the whole cancer dancer paradigm, right? I think a lot of people talk about battling with cancer and a war with cancer. And, you know, there mm -hmm. is a part of us that's, you know, when there's when we're dealing with this really heavy duty vibration of cancer, it's like we do need to put up a boundary and like kind of say, like, stop. And mm -hmm. there is there is so there is some kind of battle element. But I also, it was more life-serving for me not to think of it as a battle, but to think of it as a dance. And like, I'm, I'm learning from this. I'm, ex you know, I'm, I'm getting some teachings from my cancer teacher and uh, dancing with this, this vibration that came into my life. Um, and, and yeah, for sure. So like, I didn't want to give up all my power to, to, you know, one or two doctors. I, I was, and I say this to other patients out there too, is that you have a healthcare team and you're the coach. So I was, I was the coach of my team and I brought in naturopaths and acupuncturists and chiropractors and uh, mm -hmm. nutritionists and social workers. And I mean, it's a whole family members and friends. It's, it's everybody. So um, yeah, I, I, I did it all and worked a lot with what I was eating and what I was, you know, doing with my, my, my body, what I was taking in. I think that, that all mattered for me in my, my long run. Do you think that helped um, you cope mentally, emotionally, physically, all of the above? Yeah, we like we all have our own um, way of sort of dealing with the trauma of something like this, and um, I, you know, it's like some some folks like to sort of say, "Don't like, don't ask why," right? Mm -hmm. Bad things happen to good people, and for me, it was it was helpful for me to ask why, you know, for me to consider that this this teacher and this teaching came into my life for a reason. Like hmm. why, why am I being diagnosed with a, a really scary life-threatening illness? And especially, you know, like I look at like disease in the body and where it occurs and kind of like read that symbolically, you know, what, what does it mean for someone to, you know, have a, a, a pain in the neck or a bad back or something hmm. wrong with their foot or their stability. So, you know, for me, I had this cancer occurring in my center of uh, creativity and, you know, in creation, and then also kind of recurring in my in my center of uh, my solar plexus to sort of the center of will and purpose. And so yeah, that really like, that brought me into considering 
my my work in my life and my purpose in life and how much I'm, I'm really being true to my purpose and expressing. Um, hmm. So I, I, I know I'm kind of not answering your question about how like the the sort of naturopathic or you know holistic stuff it, it, it felt empowering to me oh it? yeah it felt, it felt empowering to me like I'm not just a you know a, like a consumer or recipient of this healthcare process but like a co-creator with it well right and even I'm thinking again about the title of your forthcoming memoir cancer dancer yeah. Yeah. that's a choice that you are making a choice to dance with it you are looking at it from a more I guess even creative way and not seeing yourself as the victim of it, which I think that must have helped your mental state for sure. Um, what would you say is the most challenging part about this whole diagnosis treatment, the whole experience? Most challenging part. Uh, the most challenging part of my dance with cancer, um, what was also probably the most rewarding, and it mm -hmm. was the, the the mortality fears that, that came during that process. Mm -hmm. uh, and the 15, 16 years ago now, I also, I lost my father to cancer. Oh. Um, and so, and, and cancer is, just, you know, showing up, I've lost other relatives and it's, it's just in our like cultural awareness. It's at such a heavy vibration. You think you, you, know, you hear cancer and we know movie stars and athletes and stuff who have died from this. And it's, right. so it's, it brings up this, it triggers this like just deep, deep fear. Um, and I, I refer to the angel of death right like this the 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 fact that we're all going to die someday like the fact mm -hmm. that we are all mortal and if you if we have something like a, a critical you know big diagnosis like this or lose somebody close to us for, for any reason or maybe have a near-death experience or accident um that that brings the the sort of specter of death close and that you know it's it's the hardest and scariest part but it's also that's the thing that puts us in touch with what's essential Right. It's like, yeah. I'm grateful to be here still. I'm grateful to feel stronger than before. But yeah, it was it was dealing with this like, what if sort of scary situation um, mm -hmm. and finding a way to like harvest the, the lesson from that, like how to actually um, make the most of the experience of being alive. Yeah. How has this whole journey, uh, both in the midst of going through treatment and all of that and the survivorship part, right, uh, for you, like. Survivorship starts right away, but I guess if you want to make it official when you were declared uh, no evidence of disease in May, how has that effect affected your social life, your relationships with your family and friends, with your daughter? How has all that uh, been impacted by your cancer survivorship? Well, it's an it's an ongoing process. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's it does have to do with the way I've uh, engaged with this experience. Like it came here to teach me something. And I'm continuing to endeavor to live my life in a way that sort of gives a, a receipt for, for the teachings, like gives great spirit. Like, all right, I got that. I got that lesson. Thank you. Here's what I'm doing differently. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I, I feel more grateful. I feel more on fire with purpose, uh, more loving and compassionate in my life. My my daughter was an amazing companion. I mean, she actually mm -hmm. Satya, hi Satya, if you it's, um, <laughs> kept me present. Um, there were so many times where like like the the mm -hmm. treatment, like, chemo sucks, and people with different cancer uh, dancers out there have gone through you know chemo and radiation and things, and it, you know it can it can kick your butt, and like a lot, you right. know, all my hair came out and you know, neutropenic and all the all the annoying stuff. But like 
really, it wasn't that bad. Like, I, I feel like, you know, mm. I, I was able to handle the physical dimensions of it. I was pretty hardy right. and pretty strong, you know, physical body going into it. Um, but like, there's, I, it's like the times that I started future tripping and like, mm. oh, what's going to happen? And is this, you know, am I going to, yeah. and like, you know, it's like, again, it like, it's, it's great because it helps you connect with the essence of life and why we want to be here to begin with. But like, mm. you know, I would be all sad future tripping and my kid would just be like, like, you want to play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> want to climb a tree? Want to play a game? Want, and right. I'm like, actually, yeah, I feel fine. Let's go climb a tree. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I just, I, um, I, I want to just be, uh, uh, I want to give this receipt for the experience and just mm-hmm. be the most alive that I can be. Um, and that's, that's an ongoing challenge to myself. And it's hard. It's hard because like, I think daily life is always tempting us to forget. Like we have these awakening experiences and we remember for a moment like, oh, life is precious. What do I really want to do? And, you know, whether it's the next day or the next year, like, you know, the daily life starts creeping back and, oh, you got to make the money and you got to get up in the morning and make the lunch and do the things and, you know, chop the wood and carry the water. And, uh, (laughs) you know, it's like, the daily life kind of tries to make us forget and I I just uh I would love to continue remembering yeah I want to just do better and better at that well yeah to remain present as your daughter helped to do definitely so how did you uh, discover epic experience I discovered epic experience so I want to like say hospital social workers like so much like love and gratitude for social workers out there and i was mm-hmm. really blessed, blessed to have an amazing social worker in my life um i mean you asked about the hardest part like one of the other hardest parts was just dealing with like the financial bit of it it's just yeah. like so scary and overwhelming and so costly and just like devastating to savings and what how to deal with insurance and medical bills and then am i eligible for disability and, and it's just like oh it's just all this um And then plus you're going through treatment and it's just, you know, kind of beating you down physically and how to deal with all that. So Mm -hmm. I had a great uh, hospital social worker at Marin General, shout out Nicole Bullock, um, who, as I came out the other end of treatment, uh, kind of alerted me to some of these adventure camps. So I actually Mm -hmm. went to some some Mm -hmm. non-epic cancer camps. And it was just, it's great. I think any opportunity for uh, cancer survivor, thriver, dancer to to connect with others who yep. have gone through similar experiences is so healing. Absolutely. And then to get back out in the great outdoors is so healing. So it was at a, a different camp. And one of my friends said, "You got to get the camps um, at a different <laughs> at a different camp." Someone said, "Oh, have you heard of Epic Experience?" And I hadn't, and I researched it, and oh, I'm so glad that I found y'all. So so glad. So based on your research, what was your expectation uh, prior to going to camp? Uh, I, I don't, you know, I didn't do a lot of research. I, Mm. and there was almost this kind of air of mystery about it. And I know there's, you can go on websites and click around and look at pictures. I did not go to the website. I was like, I'm applying to this. Actually, I found out that there was uh, a testicular cancer specific camp going on at Epic Experience, which was, you know, totally new for me. Like I had been to an all purpose cancer survivors camp elsewhere and a young adults one. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'd never been to just like, I'd never really sat in a group with, uh, you know dudes who had been through testicular cancer so that my only expectation was that I was going to have this you know chance to to bond with um, some kindred brothers and um, everything else I tried not to go in with expectations so given that that special aspect 
that you were there with other testicular cancer survivors. How was that for you? What was your experience of that? Did it make a difference? Um, and again, not making comparisons between camps in general, but that specific aspect, was that something that really ended up being uh, an important piece for you? Totally. Yeah. I mean, and it's kind of like the experiences, um, you know, stacked on on mm -hmm. themselves or stacked on each other. Because at first it's like, you know, just coming out of treatment, like what, what, what the hell just happened? Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and even just like talking with a single, you know, survivor of other, a different type of cancer, right. you know, sitting down with a breast cancer survivor, you know, there's, you, there's still such a kindredness. I'm like, oh, oh my God, sure. you went through this. I went through this. Oh my God. Just like, you know, we can, we can connect over, uh, you know, what pisses us off about cancer muggles or how annoying insurance companies, are, all these different things. Right. Exactly. Um, but, but, this was like I feel like the epic experience, particularly because of the the testicular cancer brothers yeah. that I was surrounded by, was like it's sort of crowning experience in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, and I, one of the things that was most special about it for me, I mean, other than just hearing uh, other men very like casually and matter of factly refer to having had experiences that I had. Like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, remember that morning you woke up with the jock strap on after the surgery? Like, you know, we all were like, oh, yeah, we all woke up with this weird jock strap on. Right. Um, so like, um, other than things like that, it was that there were there were survivors who were further on their recovery road than I was. Yeah. Just like more more years out, you know, particularly my brother Gonzo. Huge shout out mm. to, to Gonzo. Um, but there were there were men who had the cancer experience further in their rearview mirror. And for me, mm. I was going there really with the intention of turning the page and like a sort of chapter break in my life. Um, and, and I had this sort of compassionate guidance of some, some, some guys who had just, you know, been, been further down the road and it, it was this campfires of hope, right. That was yeah. like what, that lit a huge beacon of hope for me. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your takeaway then? Um, and, and if you could, I don't know, narrow down to one or two and, and how have you incorporated that into your life now? Um, it seems like you're the kind of person who is looking for those life lessons and you're and you're grabbing what you can. So I'm curious to know what you took away and how that's making a difference now. Mm. Well, one thing I took away was relationships that I, I mm -hmm. continue to maintain and, and carry on for life. And that's really special. Um, I, I think the sort of deeper one is is that there is life beyond mm. cancer. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's something that I was bringing with me as well. In addition to taking it away, in a way I was showing up with it. Like, like I am vast, I contain multitudes and that, you know, a cancer survivor is or, or thriver or dancer is, you know, one of my aspects, but it's actually not even like a, one of the core ones, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a father, I'm a writer, I'm a change agent. I'm like a, 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 a lover. I'm, I'm all these, you know, wonderful mm -hmm. things. And, and I've, I've been through this experience, but like when you're in it, it can dominate a person's life. Yeah. And when you're just coming out the other end, it's so disorienting. Um, so just like taking further steps down the, the path and, and greeting the other parts of myself. Um, I think that's one of the reasons this Cancer Dancer book is like, you know, I've, I've got a, a more broad scoped life memoir, but I, I don't want the cancer experience to take over that narration. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, I almost want to do like, okay, here's the, here's the cancer book just so that we can give it a voice and give, you know, honor that experience without it, you know, like overtaking the rest of, uh, of my life story. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think just the river, you know, that being, being, mm, yeah. you know, working with, working with rivers and being, being in the river. And this would have been, I had never been rafting prior to this past summer, but then I did it twice. I did it once with a, another gr- yeah. group of survivors and then with, uh, with the Epic crew. And so I've just, I feel like there are times when I close my eyes and see the river and I, I do think yeah. metaphorically. And I, I think a lot about the sort of metaphor of like working with the river and flowing down the river. And sometimes there's intense rapids and you got to paddle, 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 and, mm-hmm. you know, pick your direction and commit and go with the river and use your, use your oar skillfully. Sometimes it's time to just lay back and goof around and stand up and do backflips into the water and try and tackle someone off their, their ducky. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I see the, I see the, the, the world in this river metaphor more than ever before. And that, that's, that's affecting other aspects of my life. Definitely. That's beautiful. How has it like in, in your day-to-day life now, how do you take that river metaphor? Well, I mean, just going with the, going with the flow, mm-hmm. but not like in a way that totally, it's like you have a, you have an, or you have a paddle for a reason, mm-hmm. right? So it's, you go with the flow, you work with the river, you listen to the river and and also you dance with you interact with the river so something like you know in in parenting or in relationships right like there's there's a there are times when like okay we're going into some rapids right now mm-hmm. you know we got to be let's let's be aware and let's get focused and we're ready to go through some rapids and we're going to get wet and we're going to get splashed and we're going to come out the other side and it's going to be all right and exactly kind of just getting tuning into the cyclicality of things and uh, you know riding with the the seasons Exactly. Yeah, that's great. Is there anything else that you would want to share with someone listening that I haven't specifically asked you about? Um, I would, I'd like to extend love to everyone out there. Hmm. I would like to extend that, you know, especially to patients and survivors, uh, also to caregivers and friends and allies. We, we all have our struggles and whether it, goes by cancer or another name. And so I, what I would put out there is that I, you know, I hold a prayer that we all find greater compassion for each other and, and especially for ourselves. Just this, this ability to see ourselves in one another with love and to be fierce guardians of our own joy. Hmm. Um, and and I, I think especially, you know, those who have experienced major life-shaking trauma in the form of whether it's sickness or, or loss of another person, mm-hmm. um, we, we we all carry this this deep awareness of our own mortality and i think you know the the preciousness of life is something that we can we can all be reminded of you know how how sacred every moment is and you know even if daily life is trying to distract us in different ways and get us to forget i have this uh, this hope that we all remember so that was that that would be Mm-hmm. What I'd extend is that we we remember and tune into the essential. Like, what is what what am I here for? What is essential to me? If if my end is coming someday, because like, guess what it is? And hopefully, it's far far down the road. You know, mm-hmm. for myself and for everybody listening, that you know, may we enjoy longevity, and that end is going to come someday. So may we may we die well. And when that time comes, like, what's it going to take now for at that moment in the future to look back and be like, ah, you know, I did it. I lived my life. I sang my song. You know, I was the best parent. I, you know, could be best friend, best lover, best, you know, creator, worker, whatever, whatever our like purpose and dharma is in this world. Like that, we do it. That we do it yeah. right now. That's right. Dance your heart out, right, right now, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Well, very important question that I always finish with is marshmallows over a campfire, slow and steady or flame and crispy? As, as slow and steady as you can go. I like, I want to, I want it a golden brown, slow rotisserie, like crisp, crisp golden brown on the outside, but like so hot that it's liquid on the inside and it's like running down the, down the stick. Well, that is a picture. I can't wait until your book comes out, Nils. This is going to be <laughs> great. You. The Cancer Dancer memoir is going to be great. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us, for sharing your insights, for talking about giving people a new perspective about dancing their way through cancer, right? And whatever life uh, hands us. So I really appreciate your time and your insight and your vulnerability. And we'll see you in the future. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share. Sure. Until the next time we gather around the campfire, keep living beyond cancer. Thank you for listening to this episode of Campfires of Hope, Living Beyond Cancer. For more information about Epic Experience and our programs, or to donate, please visit our website at epicexperience.org. Music for this podcast is provided by Moonshiner Collective. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us so we can share our story with more people. Also, be sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts so you'll know when new episodes are released. We hope you come back and join us for our next episode. 